subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Well, welcome back to another Ninja Coaching Spotlight. We are excited to have another guest with us today. We have Joan Good from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. She's with Dickens Michener Realty. And I am so excited to be going down this path. You know, a lot of our ninja realtors from around the United States, they come to us to these ninja spotlights because their coach gets a hold of me and says, we need to talk about this person. We need to share their journey. We need to share where they've been to where they're at today. And uh, that's the reason is Joan is with us and she's brought to us by Jen Gomez, who we've had on before. And Jen uh, does an amazing job with all of her clients that she gets to work with and helping them get to where they want to go with their business. So Joan, let's jump right in. Thank you so much for your time and jumping out, sharing it with us today. And uh, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Well, as I started out here, you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I want you to share a little bit about the company you're with, the marketplace that you're in, and the you know, kind of primary details about where you work and what it's about. Sure. Happy to do that. So I'm so proud to be from Charlotte, North Carolina, which is a medium-sized city, about 1.7 million people in Charlotte. Our office is a boutique office, so there's only 95 agents, which I love. It started with Al Dickens and Vicki Michener 30 years ago and have really grown to be one of the premier boutique realtor companies in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are very fortunate that we have the majority share of the luxury market, but luxury in Charlotte is not luxury in California. So my average sales price is about a million dollars. Pretty common to be up to four million in Charlotte. There are a handful of things over that. So we're kind of a medium-sized city, a medium market. But our MLS, just so you know, because we're on the border of South Carolina, Matt, Charlotte resides right on the border. So we have seven counties in North Carolina and four counties in South Carolina in our MLS. Well, Charlotte's an amazing area. And it's funny comparing luxury to California and whatnot. California's just expensive is what it is. Let's just let's just go with that. Like, it doesn't mean that you get the luxury side of it always in California. And uh, there's some of the most amazing architecture. I was just telling, uh, having a conversation with an agent on the East Coast. And I was saying, I wish I got to sell real estate at some point in my life on the East Coast because the architecture and the, the there's just something about those homes out there that I know a million dollar house on the East Coast in Charlotte is a, is a spectacular luxury property. So you get to work with some great homes. Thank you. Now, you've been in the business for a while. You're not a rookie agent. And that's, I think, is going to be really fun to talk about today is that you've been on a journey in real estate since 2005. And you've been a great agent for many, many, many of these years. Like This is not like all of a sudden you figured out how to make real estate work for you. You came into this as rookie of the year and really standing out in your marketplace. Give me a little background on your journey here Leading up, I would say, to Ninja, because you're not, again, just trying to figure real estate out. You've been doing this for a long time and you know it. Well, thank you for that. I was fortunate to have a sales career prior to real estate. So I was in technical sales. I actually lived in Los Angeles for a while and then Atlanta and then came home to Charlotte and really wanted to get into sales. But, uh, you know, the joke being that realtors will work 80 hours a week, not work 40 hours a week. And that was me, hand down. <laughs> So um, I came into it knowing about sales, knowing I wanted to be strategic and determining where I wanted to spend my time with corporate clients and starting to make a difference in the industry in my own way with my background. 
So fast forward uh, comes to 2019 when I thought I had it all. And I loved hearing people say, wow, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it all. And I thrived on that. And that was the year that I was top producer in our firm, 58 million in sales and 57 homes that I sold. I also, which I'm most proud of, won the Spirit Award that year. And that's an award given by our firm. Once a year, you win it. And that's an award for someone in the firm who gives back to the other agents and back to the community. So very, very proud. I had started Strides for Shelter, which is the 5K that benefits or the beneficiary, I should say, are people in our community that are trying to end homelessness, which is the issue I'm certain you all know all over the country. So all that was happening as I was also training, Matt, you'll appreciate this, for Dopey in January which is a huge race where you do a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon and a full in four consecutive days. So I I really was trying to do it all. And no one knew that I was dying on the inside because all I did is just work and run. And I was so exhausted. Wow. That's a long question. Joan, was your breaking point the incident with the treadmill that happened that that (laughs) one day that you told me about? Oh my gosh. So because my phone was always in my... (laughs) Always in my hand, I saw the weekend before I left to go to Orlando to run Dopey, I thought I would just quickly do a six-mile run at eight o'clock at night because I'm not a morning person like Matt. So I had my phone in my hand. I'm running on the treadmill. I dropped it. I reached down to get it, fell on the treadmill. So I had treadmill road rash for all of those races all over my life. (laughs) Sorry to bring that up. I couldn't help it. I apologize. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, with with that list of stuff, Joan, you're right. I could see people saying, gosh, like you have it together. You're doing all these things. You're producing. You're like, it's incredible. And so 2019, it sounds like this is all coming to a head. What happened? What what drove you to the next chapter, which brought you into Ninja? Thank you. That's a great question. So in February, I had the good fortune of going to Leading RE. That was the last conference in 2020 in Vegas before the world shut down for COVID. So I'm listening to an agent who's a top producer in another city who's a ninja, and it was me. She was talking about how she's never really disconnected from the business. Every birthday party, every vacation, she's always on, and she never really allows herself to have her own headspace. I had to get up out of that meeting because I thought, this is me. They're talking to me. And the very next meeting was a roundtable with top producers all over the country. And I had the good fortune of sitting at the table with Larry Kendall. And so afterwards, I sort of told him, oh, my goodness, I was just in the session and that was me. And I was giving him a little bit of background. And then we went to lunch and I further explained, I love this industry, but it's killing me. And he jokingly said, you don't need a coach, you need an intervention. And then laughed (laughs) and gave me Garrett's number. I called Garrett. Garrett connected me with Jen. Jen has been my therapist to get me on the path to recognize that can't (laughs) work from a cup that is empty. So thank you, Jen. I owe it all to her. I have my life back. I'm so happy you bring Jen into this because Jen's so patiently been sitting here listening to this, this. And I know she has been such a huge part of getting you from this place of really what Larry said, an intervention to figure out like, how are we going to fix this situation? Because one of the hardest things we watch sometimes is 
people that have what everybody wants, but they're miserable while they have it. And it's one of the hardest things to understand because everybody who's trying to strive for that goes, I don't understand what the problem is. They have success. They've got it all worked out. They've got it all working. And uh, it brings you into a weird place that it's like, what am I complaining about? Like, wait, maybe should I be complaining? Maybe I should just tough it out. And then again, enter Jen. So Jen, I'm so excited that you're back and going to be able to join this conversation also because you stepped into this and what did you, what was your kind of like, understanding of what you were getting into and where the situation was when you first got introduced to it. And good morning. I mean, my understanding was exactly as Joan described. I was about to speak with a top producing agent. And thankfully, you know, I come to the table with managing broker experience. And so that is something I've seen before. You know, the industry will tell you that they have it all together, that, you know, they're they're going to be great or whatever. And I was just so excited for the opportunity to come alongside somebody who I know probably needed some hard truths spoken into their world and, you know, just kind of be able to be that sounding board. You know, so many top producing agents, they just need a sounding board. They need to know that somebody's listening, that it's okay, that they're in a safe space, if you will, to be able to have conversations about without judgment that what they're going through exactly as Joan described is killing them on the inside and not allowing them to live the life they want to live when everybody else thinks, wow, look at this great life she has. And so it was, ex I was so excited to be able to come alongside and walk alongside her and just dive right in and a little shell shocked after our first conversation, but you know what? That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you came to this with a whole lot. And, and that, there's a lot of people out there like you, Joan, who, you know, are listening to this. You were sitting in the room. You're like, that's that's me. So, like, what was the first thing? Like, what was the first thing that the two of you addressed together? Because obviously there's a lot, but you had to start at some place in order to pave the path towards having a harmonized life, as I like to call it, or balanced life and weaving and work together. So how did you begin? Well, Jen was fantastic in helping me switch my mindset from scarcity, which is bizarre to think that I even had that feeling, right, of, oh my gosh, I've got to pick up every phone call, to, Joan, you're living in abundance, recognize it, step back, allow yourself the time, be thankful and grateful for that, and work within that abundance. Instead of turning on all the faucets and saying, ooh, I better pick this up. Ooh, I better do that. I better jump up. What if I don't call them right back? You know, I was Johnny on the spot to my detriment. And Jen, yeah, and, and you can elaborate on that. Well, Joan, real quick, before Jen, I let you speak on that. It's really interesting that scarcity and abundance is a mindset is what it is. And this is where Jen is brilliant at being able to go and help and, and break this down because you can have everything and still be in a place of scarcity where you're jumping and running all the time. You can also be you know, getting your business started off and be in the mindset of abundance as you're growing and you're building. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is that scarcity doesn't go away as you create more. It, it's a total shift in your mindset. So Jen, jump in because I know you've got something to say around this. It, well, I mean, I think it it is. It's, a, it's easy to listen from the outside and go, whoa, whoa. You know, like it's almost as if you're afraid to, stop running on the treadmill, right? <laughs> because because you're afraid of the road rash, right? You know, that if I don't just keep going, if I don't answer this next call, if I don't say yes, if I, you know, that that it just feels as if it's all going to go away. And I think 
even more importantly, was to help her realize, oh my gosh, you have such a solid foundation that you've built. You've got this database. You have all of these closed clients behind you that part of the faucets, all the faucets that are on, a big portion of that are people who know, love, and trust you, who are picking up the phone and saying, Joan, can you help me? That this isn't always a, you have to answer the phone right there in that moment because they're going to go away if you don't. These are people who were thinking of you top of mind because of the incredible service you had given. Joan's, to her benefit, she's a natural ninja. She just has a heart for people. She cares about people. Like truly, she's one of the most genuine, humble, giving, kind, but driven people that I know. And it's that drive that was killing her. Always good, but at the same time, that desire to help so many people. So the combination of the realization of your acting out of scarcity, but also the business is running you. You're not running the business. Even though it's a phenomenal business, you've got to take control. And it's, it's not going to go away if you start controlling the business. It's a really good point. So we get this mindset, start to get refocused and under control. So we're coming from a place of abundance, not from a place of scarcity. But you also, on the administrative side of, of managing your clients and your people and the amount of business that you were generating, in the notes that were given to me as I was getting ready for today, there's a, a, a sentence in there that I love, which is a tribe versus a team was formed. And I want to know if you can elaborate on that for me a little bit about this, this mentality shift that you're going through of saying, okay, I need to create a tribe around me and what that looks like. Kind of different than maybe what a team would look like. Would you be willing to go into that a little bit for us? Sure. So... We are a firm that we don't really have big teams. We don't operate that as a firm. So I knew I needed help. And actually, I'm very fortunate that the owner of our company, Vicki Mitchner, also knew that I needed help and was very open and recognized something's got to change because I went to her at the end of 2019 after winning all these awards and said, I'm going to leave real estate because I can't do this anymore. And she said, whoa, 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 let's get you help. So I hired an assistant, which I had played with that in the past and never had the right fit. You know, you have to kiss a lot of frogs before you get the right fit. And that has been tremendous, very helpful, but that wasn't enough. So I also have a closing coordinator that's outside of our firm, someone who just does that business, has her own business. And then slowly two other agents to help me with showing and I wouldn't necessarily say buyer's agents because they will do literally from contract to close whatever is necessary, but just keep up with the volume of activity that we have. And we call ourselves a tribe. We call them flow meetings from Ninja every single week to talk about every one of our clients. And it's been so rewarding because everyone has bought in to our tribe Everyone is helpful. We care about each other. It's, um, it's fabulous. We all allow each other the time to take time for ourselves when necessary and recognize it because there's been some things happen as they do with human beings and we all jump in and help each other whenever we need help. And it's been fabulous because as a realtor, sometimes you're on an island and it's great for me to have someone to call and just say, hey, you know what? I'm dealing with this negotiation. Here's what I'm thinking. Is that a good way to handle it? 
it's been fabulous. I've loved it. It's made me really fall in love with real estate all over again. That's amazing. And it's creating time for you. So can you explain a little bit about how the dynamics of then how that works just from a logistic perspective on who's handling what for you and what does that do for you? What does that give you back in your time that you're able to reinvest either into your personal life or into your business? So uh, certainly it gives me time to, I, I love giving back to the industry that I've that's given so much to me. So I was able to take on a position within our association. So I'm on the board of directors for Canopy. It allows me the time to do that and really concentrate on the matters at hand, which as we all know, we won't get into that, but there are a lot of matters at hand with real estate right now. And then I was also fortunate to be able to be appointed to North Carolina Realtors Association. So I'm on that board as well. And it allows me the time to do things other than just time, place, utility, or showing inspections and all of that. I can really utilize my knowledge of the business as a practitioner to guide others in the industry at a higher level. Absolutely love it. That's wonderful. So I want to jump in here because I love that Joan is now speaking as if this is just the way it is, but you didn't get there without kicking and screaming a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) The natural resistance to having somebody else come into your business, the natural resistance or the natural thought when you have such care for people that nobody will care for a client the way I do. And getting to the point of it may be different, but it is still, it will still get a result that is favorable for the consumer. That was a work in progress over a period of time. I love that she speaks of it without hesitation now. But for people listening, I think it's important that everybody understands that those feelings of, well, gosh, I really need help, but oh, but not with that and not with that and not with that, right? Like the resistance (laughs) of letting go of things, like the very areas you need help with are the most difficult things to let go. And then you find yourself just grabbing it back. And I mean, it was a process of we opened up time and she grabbed it all back. And then we opened up time and then she grabbed it all back. And I remember the moment we had her first successful I think it was a weekend getaway or a long weekend getaway. We called it Portland time where she got to go see her her son in Portland and her phone was actually taken care of by a tribe member. And like that first weekend, it was like, yes, success. (laughs) Well, so Jen, how did you walk her through that as well? Because I mean, this is is a very common challenge among agents as they bring people in to support them is, well... You know, yeah, I I guess I could hand that off, but I can just do it faster or I can do it better or my clients expect to talk to me, right? So how did, Jen, you walk Joan through kind of that process and being able to get comfortable with trying it out and saying, hey, a tribe member can handle this for you? I think it's our role as coaches is just to mirror exactly what's happening. Like just to call out, hey, do you realize that you've trained You've brought these people in into your business to come alongside to assist you. And do you realize that you're just pulling it back? And again, the people we coach have to be open to receiving that, right? 
I do also have to say that I am very fortunate to have a partner in crime when it comes to to coaching Joan. Myself and her and her husband Lane, it's like I, I <laughs> it's like so often I will tell her something and she's like, Yes, Lane tells me this all the time. <laughs> and so she is hearing it from from two ends. And there's even been calls where Lane comes on the call with us. And I was just going to ask, have you ever had a call with Lane? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So where we've been able to, you know, if there's specific times or, you know, extra things that are going on where together we're able to strategize things. But I think it's just the realization of just not addressing a topic once, but once you have the solution in place, and once you see that somebody is grabbing it back, like in the case of Joan, like you realize we opened this time for you and your natural desire to serve more people has you filling the time back up with the very thing that we were trying to open up to begin with. And so it, it just was a continuous, you know, rinse, repeat. Like we just had to keep calling it out until whatever was going on that we got past that and then on to the next thing. I think that's important, right, for people to understand that these things are a process. It's not like all of a sudden, you know, you're going to just have a conversation and be like, oh, cool, my life and business is transformed the next day. Like there is a process not only of the logistics and physical aspect of hiring people and getting systems set up, but also the mental process, right, of accepting and then going through, I don't accept, and then coming back to, no, okay, I I can accept this, right? Well, it's an interesting process being able to let go some of this stuff because you have to first get to the mindset of I can let go of it. Like this is even an opportunity to let go of it. And I find a lot of the high running top producers that are overwhelmed and buried, they will even say out loud, like, I can't let somebody else do that. I can't not oversee that. Like I have to have my hands in that to give the results that my clients expect from working with me and what I want to give to them. And that first step of that, that mindset of I can't, I have to, I, all these things like that has to change before you can even see that there might be another way or how this could potentially work. And then all of a sudden you go, oh my gosh, this could actually work better. Like I can help more people. I can give this high level of quality to so many more people out there. If I can loosen the reins a little bit, not drop them, but loosen a little bit. So Joan, to you, in your credit of being able to get from there to there, not a lot of people can let the reins down a little bit and have confidence, but it's who you surround yourself with too. So good job for you for this tribe that you built with these people that you trust. That's a huge part of it. Well, thank you. And one thing that I learned is it helps the people around you in your tribe to succeed. If you empower them to make mistakes, it's okay. We all do. And teach them that they have the ability to do what you're asking them to do and trust them to do it, then they become better. And Jen helped me through that. I did learn that if I hold on too much, no one wants to work with me because they're really not working with me. <laughs> it's always fun with, well, you don't get to do that anymore because you messed that one up. So now I'm doing it from now on. The job just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller until they're like, well, I'm just going to sit here and take notes, I guess. I <laughs> Well, and, and to be honest, right, we are, we're in an industry that we're all independent contractors. And especially in a situation like Jones, where, you know, the offer really is for these agents to be able to be mentored by an incredibly producing agent who has business to mentor them within, right? But at the same time, that mentorship involves grabbing the reins from her from time to time. 
So it is a process of finding the right people who, number one, appreciate that opportunity, right? That opportunity does not come along every day for agents. And number two, are still driven enough to want to succeed on their own. Like Joan isn't saying, hey, I'm building a team. You guys are all just going to be getting leads here and there. That's not what this is. And so it is a process of finding the right people. And Joan doesn't want to be a manager, but there are certain things that where you have to put a leadership management hat on to get to the point where you can release the reins. And so just working through all of that and having grace and patience for yourself, grace and patience for the people, not being afraid to bring in a person thinking they're the right person, but be slow to hire, quick to fire if it's, if it's not working out, be able to have those difficult conversations to keep moving forward with exactly what it is that you're trying to build in the business. That's a process. And there were definite times that it was painful and difficult and frustrating, but gosh, she powered through and she's, you know, created right now this incredible tribe that, that serves her, her consumers, the clients that she serves and her community well. Yeah. Well, so Joan, what, what are the, I mean, great point about leadership and management and all those things, because that's goes behind somebody says, I don't want to manage somebody, right? Right. And managing somebody versus leading somebody are two different things. So Joan, what what are maybe one or two key things that you've learned about leadership after having bring bringing all these people on? Because if I got it correct, there's a total of four people who are essentially contracted with you, inclu- including that closing coordinator, correct? Correct. So what I've learned is you don't tell people what to do. You have more of a conversation and each one of us have different strengths. And if I listen to what they're telling me and watch their actions, there's definitely specific areas of the business that they will excel. And I do try to publicly praise them and privately have a conversation of how I would do things differently. So I feel that each of them has the time with me when they need it and have grown tremendously as realtors, as individuals. I also, of course, rein them into all of the community service activities that I love. So they have to have a servant heart to work with me because that's my outlook on life. And it's it's a huge part of my life. I love that. Joan, I'm really happy you brought up this difference of telling them what to do to having a conversation with them. And one is, is that that makes them part of your team, by the way, when you have a conversation, you're not a dictator, you're actually sitting back and saying, hey, let, let's figure this out. And the people that I know that have instilled that that type of leadership with the people that are working with them, and I'd be just curious to ask you about this, have you found that while being able to keep to the level of service that you expect with the people that are working underneath you, have you also found that in having these conversations that sometimes they have really good ideas of how things can be done and how things can be approached that you're like, I never thought about that because I find that that's, we lead very much the same way. And I find the people that I have working underneath need to have some of the best ideas sometimes. I'm like, I never saw it from that angle. And thank you. Do you find that? I so find that. Thank you for bringing that up. They will each individually bring up a system, a way that we should approach a conflict with their own perspective 
And when I began taking the time to listen and not feeling like I knew best because I've done this for so long and, you know, I know everything. When I started listening to everyone, I have to tell you, I have learned so much and you never start learning and growing in this business. And it's good to hear other opinions so that you can form the best solution for your clients. Yeah, so important. I, I want to jump over to your accomplishments. But before we do that, I, I want to give a shout out to your company, Dixon & Michener, because the reason I want to give a shout out to them is when you entered into this place of feeling scared and, and trying to figure out what you're going to do and maybe even leaving the business, there is an element where a boutique brokerage like that would freak out and say, we need to change who we are to be able to accommodate for this, this agent that is having a hard time. And they change their policies and what their business is structured off of. And I know lots of companies out there that do not follow the, we need to all of a sudden allow people to build teams or things like that. And I think, again, that, that is their role. That, that, that's their business model. It's what they need to stick by. But instead of one, them changing their model, they also leaned into you and said, let's come up with a solution of how we can help you instead of saying, well, if that's what you want, we're not your company too, because that's a whole nother direction that sometimes companies can take. And it sounds like they really leaned into you and got creative with you to help you figure it out, as well as allowing you know to have an outside source give you some ideas and some thoughts and some directions of how you can do this. So I just want to give a shout out to them because... I think they handled it in a great way in being true to who they are, but still at the same point, being able to help you get to where you want to go. Thank you. That is 100% correct. Yeah, it says a lot about them and, and who they are. Now, with your accomplishments, and Jen, I want you to jump in on this because you gave me a list of accomplishments of what 2023 is. And I think this is what led us to this entire conversation today of this moment of like I'm done with the business in 2019 and I won out to really an amazing 2023. And I'm going to have Jen, if you want to jump in on this, I want to have you share this because you were in the trenches with Joan creating all this and helping her so she could do all these things. So who was it? Joan, Jen, you want to jump in on this? Sure. Well, Joan's mentioned a couple of them, but in 2023, you know, congratulations to Joan. She became Realtor of the Year for the Canopy Realtor Association, in which, of course, she's most proud of because that title is not just about production. That title is about your holistic view of a realtor, of community service and all that you give back and how you give to the association. And so that recognition of all that she was, not just the volume she produces, was just so awesome to see. And she was so well-deserving of that. So 2023 Realtor of the Year. As she mentioned, she ran for the board and was voted in on the board of directors also for the Canopy Realtor Association. And then the state level, they appoint the board of directors and they can appoint whomever they want. They don't have to choose people who are already on the local boards and the president of her state association did appoint her recognizing the leadership that she has and the heart she has for the industry. In addition to that, the Strides for Shelter had its top year ever for producing its beneficiary, the Canopy Housing Foundation. 
And she was able to raise $42,000 in order to donate to that, that assess or that foundation. Amazing. And that's a huge, huge accomplishment for her there as well. And then of course, within Dickens Michener, she had the top units produced for the year of 2023. She was recognized for the top number of units. Yeah, just a wow. And I will say, we all will appreciate this. She also started a renovation project at her home. That's a huge accomplishment. (laughs) Don't ever do that when you're trying to grow. Renovations are like, yeah, they're one of the ones I'm like brace for impact when I'm coaching somebody. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I see, I see Joan, you're blushing a little bit. And Jen, thank you for sharing the wonderful accomplishments because uh, I think Joan maybe would have, you would have held back a little bit on that. And people need to hear that, right? To hear that you're also still doing a whole lot of things. So going back to when this all started, it was all of this stuff and burnout was imminent you're still doing a lot of stuff, but the burnout's not there, right? And I think that's that's incredible. So Jen, go ahead, yeah. So I'd like to ask Joan, because I don't, I did not stop to tally this, but Joan, even more importantly, because this wasn't part of your world in 2019, 2020, or up until that point where, where we were meeting. Joan, how many vacations did you take or how many long weekends and time away at Seabrook were you able to take? this last year? Do you, do you remember offhand? I didn't even think to ask you this ahead of time because that to me is a huge accomplishment as well. So you will be surprised when I say this out loud, but um, my husband and I, well, everyone knows Lane, took the month of September off and traveled to Italy and Ireland. So I, I did not do any real estate in 2023 in September at all. Well, you didn't personally, but your tribe did, right? That's amazing. And then I think the month of December after the, well, I was supposed to run the Kiowa Marathon. Congratulations, Matt, for finishing that. But because of the awards, I wasn't able to get there in time for packet pickups, so had to defer. So I'll see you next year. All right. But from that date on, I stayed in Seabrook through the month of December, only coming back to Charlotte for three closings. So I had a lot of time off. That's amazing. There's a small handful of realtors that I've been able to be around that have gotten themselves into the mindset that they can take an entire month away. And there's a lot of people out there listening to this going, how in the world would you take a month away from your business? And how do you, and it it opens up this can of worms of the limitations that we set on ourselves and what we think is possible. And I want to compliment you because walking away for a month in real estate and still accomplishing what you've accomplished and still maintaining the level of service that you want to maintain. Absolutely incredible. Like you are firing on all cylinders if you're producing those types of results. So well done. Thank you. I just have to say half off to Jen because she pushed me to take time off. I know a lot of coaches push people to do more and more volume. She said, you're there. (laughs) You need to recognize the part of your life you're missing out on is you. So thank you, Jen. You're welcome. My pleasure. It's interesting you bring that up because what a lot of people also don't understand is what's holding them back sometimes is their lack of ability of being able to take care of themselves. And so it's like they're pushing and pushing and pushing and they think to obtain more, they have to push harder. And a lot of times is is that if you can take care of yourself, you're better with every moment you have to give to your business. And so you being able to have that time to go walk away and have the time with your husband and go travel and see all these wonderful places 
brings you to a place of when I'm on, I'm running at a much higher level than when I am just grinding through every single day trying to be better. So there's so many elements that a lot of people don't understand and you don't see it until you actually get a chance to do it. So I love that you have had a chance now to see it because you can't take it away from you now that you've seen it. Like, you know it now. You know how this works. <laughs> so true. <laughs> this is this is awesome. I, I want to thank you, Joan, and you, Jen, for sharing this because I think uh, what a great example for people out there who are saying to themselves, well, that's just not achievable. That's just not, you know, something that's possible in this industry when you get to this certain level of, you know, being able to have that life. And, and it's it's too hard to build a team or a tribe and and you've you're proving the example of it and so you know Joan as as we wrap up here what would you say if someone is in the position that you were in back in 2019 what are maybe the one or two things that they should do immediately to help them course correct to get on the path to where you have now gone i would say get a coach and make sure you have the right coach that will keep you authentic to yourself that listens to your needs. Because Jen heard what I was not saying. I didn't have to say it. She just knew. And she was very patient with me because I am very driven and very hard-headed. And while I made it on the podcast sound like this all just floated into my lap and came together, I did come at it kicking and screaming. And that's the truth. So get yourself a coach. Go to an installation if you haven't, which I'm certain most people on the podcast have, but really listen to what they're telling you because the goal is more dollars per hour so that you can have a life, not more hours per day. It's <laughs> a great point. It's a great point. Well, I appreciate both of you for taking your time today. Jen, thank you so much for your commitment that you give to every one of your clients and helping them get to where they want to go. And I think Joan's a prime example of finding out where where this person is standing in front of you and where the, they want to go. And it's also a prime example of like everybody we get to coach is not a cookie cutter situation. Everybody wants something different. They've got different elements they're working with, different skills they're bringing to the table. And Joan, you're a great, great, great example of being in a very unique situation. And, and again, I got to compliment you to asking for help and being at that place of asking for help. Because you mentioned before we started recording that if you if you happen maybe not to be sitting next to Larry at that moment, and you happen to maybe not take this step of learning a different way of doing this, there's a very good chance you wouldn't be in this business and in this industry today. And so I'm grateful that you are. I'm grateful that you stuck with it. So if anybody is looking for an incredible ninja out there across the United States in Charlotte, North Carolina, Joan Good is actually amazing. As you've heard today, she will take care of all of real estate needs for you. Jen, thank you. Amazing coach with Ninja Coaching. And, and as always, if you're looking for somebody that can help you with your business, help you along this journey with Ninja, we have an amazing cavalry of coaches. And as Joan said, and I want to just elaborate on this, Find the coach in our world that resonates with you and you resonate with them. It's really important. A lot of people don't understand that it's not just getting yourself a coach. It's finding a coach that really you understand and they understand you. And if you find that relationship up front, almost anything is possible. So thank you. Thank you, Matt. I forgot. Anything we need to say? 
No, I mean, thank, thank you guys, Joan, Jen. Thank you so much, Garrett. Thank you, all the listeners. Thank you guys so much for joining us. If you are not yet involved in our community on Facebook, head over to Facebook, search for the Ninja Selling Podcast, and you can join all of us and about 15,000 other people who are working on the Ninja Path, who are trying to get on there, who've been on there. We got veterans, we got newbies, everybody's in there and incredible conversation. So come join us in there. And uh, as always, we'll catch you on the next episode as well. Thanks, everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about Ninja Selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.